Hey y'all. Hey everybody. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Chase. And this is Crane with a King. <laughs> Welcome to your bonus episode. Whoa, whoa. So what we decided to do was because we're not going to be giving you an episode on January 2nd, we're going to be giving you a bonus episode every week up until the holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Already? This is your Christmas present from us. Oh, happy Kwanzaa. Yep. This is your gift from us for the holidays for being the best group ever. So you'll get two episodes and I kind of, I don't know, I haven't told Chase this yet. I kind of want to call them something like a segment because they're going to be shorter episodes than what we cover on Mondays. I was going to call, <laughs> I was going to call them crime crumbs. That's not bad. Right? I'll give you that one. Like, That's pretty good. It's cute, right? Mm-hmm. Like crime crumbs, just your little crumbs of a crime because they're not long. This one, and you'll see, it'll only be maybe like 30 minutes, but that'll be your Thursday cases is just some crime crumbs. Well, there you go, everybody. Enjoy your crumbs. <laughs> that sounds so bad when you say it that way. Oh, uh, well. Enjoy you your came s- up with the name. Enjoy your scraps. Just using it. Yeah, enjoy the scraps. So, coffee of the day. It's uh, not a fan favorite. No, it's smelly. <laughs> no pun intended. Kinda. So, we went to Smelly Cat <sighs> in Noda. Yep. And we really only went there because we were trying to go to another place, but it ended up being closed when we got there. So Chase was like, oh, there's actually this place right around the corner. So, oh, sorry. If you can hear my peanut M&Ms are falling all over the place. Oh, good. Good. (laughs) So we went to a place called Smelly Cat. And it, it was not up to my taste, it was probably up to a lot of people's taste, but it's, like it seemed very popular to it, a lot of people. But to us, it was the opposite of what coffee is. The line was wicked long, and it was like nothing. I couldn't just get a coffee. No, like that was the thing is like we just wanted. I just wanted a caramel coffee with oat milk, and Chase just wanted a caramel coffee with cream. But you couldn't get that. You had to get some weird fancy drink that like wasn't coffee. It was like coffee with cinnamon and sweetener and condensed milk blended together over shaved ice okay (laughs) that works too well so then we ended up getting burberry sure did but two coffees one day forty dollars later but we got our coffees (laughs) it was good while it's a little thinner after coffee of the day (sighs) yep but we tried we tried it we're trying to try all the places in charlotte for you 
That. Yeah. But, uh, other than Burr and Barry, you're kind of, we're on a slow pace, but we're getting there. <laughs> and we also have an update, actually, as of today, because today's Halloween. Breaking news. That we're filming. Um, there has been, actually, Chase, it was the first case that you were ever on with us. Yes, it was. There is an update in the Delphi murder case. And <gasps> after five and a half years, there was an arrest made. And today, the charges were read aloud to the public at a press conference. So I tuned in to that. If you are part of the Instagram, you would see. Um, we posted kind of a lot this morning. But so 50-year-old Richard M. Allen, Delphi, Indiana, has been arrested. He was arrested last Wednesday. So that would be Wednesday. The 26th. So he was arrested on Wednesday, October 26. He was formally charged with two counts of murder on Friday for Abigail Williams, who was 13, and Liberty German, who was 14. So this was the case where these two actually filmed whoever their killer was. In this case, he's not guilty yet, but what we're assuming is Richard M. Allen on their Snapchat video prior to being murdered. So... The police have been working for five and a half years to find who this person is. They've released a four-second video clip of this person. No one's been able to tell who it is until, hopefully, this past Friday, which we think it's him. So, neighbors did see police searching Alan's home um, about two and a half weeks ago. They said that police arrested Alan on Wednesday and formally charged him Friday, transporting him to White County Jail. He is being held without bail. And state police superintendent Doug Carter, which you guys would have heard on the other episode, said today, quote, today is not a day to celebrate, but the arrest is sure a major step in leading to a conclusion of this long term and complex investigation. Which means they'll not tell us a thing. They're not telling us anything. They said today that they're keeping things very close to their chest. They're not releasing what it is that they found on him or what made them think it was him. Everything's being kept really, really close, Um, which I was really kind of upset with the response that the true crime community had on that. There was a lot of people. I went to Reddit because there's a huge Delphi Reddit thread. There's like 17,000 members in that thread. The response in that thread was so negative against the family, against the police, against the people who found this person and arrested this person because everybody and I don't actually I don't want to say everybody because it's not everybody in that thread majority of the people in that thread have this connotation like I deserve to know what it is that made him get arrested because I've been so heavily invested in this case and I thought that the things that were said against the family and against the cops this like will F you, it's not fair. I should be able to know. Why do I have to wait till the trial? And then in turn might not even be able to know because they want to seal the evidence. Just because you're heavily invested in a case, you can't know everything until a trial because that'll ruin the whole entire trial and putting that person behind bars. They can't release everything that they have to the public. Also, if you're a true crime person, you'd understand that. Right. And that's like... There was a lot of people in that thread, too, commenting and being like, for people who wanted justice of this case so bad, the response is really bad and, like, I mean, upsetting. I can see where it's, like, the motion to seal all evidence. I mean, I get it because you're, like, I mean, it's been five years. You'd like to know some glimpse of what this 
horrible person did. But then again, you never know. It could be they're trying to hide it up because they missed a lot five years ago. Right. Well, that so, too. You never know. Or the fact that they're kids and like what that what it could be is so horrific that maybe you don't want the world to know. Yeah, but then like you put Dahmer on Netflix, so it's like yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> what are we trying to hide from people? That's another morally and ethically yeah different uh, conversation. But that's the thing, though, is like, what's the limit on showing people stuff? Right. But yes, we should not put like if we're going okay putting Dahmer on Netflix, then I feel like where's the rule book on it? But I don't even think it's that. I think it's more so like. When it comes to due process and giving somebody a fair trial. Oh, I'm talking after the trick case. Like oh, oh, I'm talking. Oh, after. I'm talking about like right now. Oh, like they that want makes it. Sense. They want it right now. Like they were really mad at the press conference today because they were upset that they didn't come out and say this is what we found. This is what was buried in his backyard. This is what made us lead to him. Like yeah. they came out and said basically we're charging him with two counts of murder. The trials on this date. The pre-trials on this date. We will not answer anything else. And people were like, hmm. basically saying, "Well, be I've been following along with this trial for so long, I should know what it is that's putting oh, okay. him behind bars." Yeah. Well, you're also on Reddit, so right. If you want to go fight crime, go be a detective. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. So CVS confirmed that um, Alan did work for CVS in Delphi, and CVS came out and said that they're shocked, they're devastated, and in a statement said that they're ready to cooperate with the police investigation in any way that they can. <laughs> I mean, why is it CVS's fault? No, so this is weird, ready? This is Ooh, so scary. Oh, here we go. So he worked at CVS mm-hmm. in Delphi. Mm-hmm. Libby's grandmother, Becky, and Aunt Tara were informed that someone was in custody and learned that it was this person who worked at the CVS in Delphi. Patty said that she had no idea who that person was, though she frequented there. Um, and Tara German, one of the aunt, came and said, well, I was a regular at that CVS and I knew him from shopping there. And I had a very specific encounter with him following Libby's death. She said, quote, I went to the store to print photos of Libby for the funeral and he was the one that came over and helped me. I was a mess trying to get the images off my phone. And once they were printed, he looked at me and said, I'm not going to charge you for this. So he's being arrested for their murder. And he's the one that helped her print out photos of I mean, he's still not Libby. guilty. So right. he could have just been a good CVS employee who was just being like, you're in a woman in, distra- in distress. I'm not going to charge you 1099 for your photos. True. So got to look at it both ways. He could, I mean, also, it's Delphi, Indiana. How many CVSs are in Delphi, Indiana? And, like, how many places can you get your photos processed? I'm going to assume you're pretty much an a-hole if you have a woman who's coming in with a missing kid and you're like, oh, let me charge this person the exact amount. Well, true, like in that small and town. That's, yeah, in that situation, I feel like anyone would be like, mm-hmm. look, you don't, need, you, can, you don't need to be charged for this. I understand. Yeah, like, so 100%. It could be a – but also, like – why didn't you bring this to the police earlier if it was like something you thought was suspicious mm-hmm. or but it's like i don't know but they wouldn't know that it, he was suspicious yeah, I know. Yeah. and that's the thing it's like who knows but it that to me could just easily be he was being a good citizen i know now if he killed them then you're a psychopath but, right so it, but he's not like, guilty yet so we like, he's not can't guilty yet that. so we can't say that so it, it, it's either way so chase is keep- so you're either a really good citizen or a psycho murderer one of the two Chase is keeping me in line because I'm like, yeah, and he was a weirdo because he helped develop photos. And Chase is like, yeah. he's not guilty yet. Well, he's not guilty for that, for being a nice citizen. <laughs> you monster. Well, and if he is, then. Well, then you are a monster. Yeah. yeah. 
So a couple who lives near Allen and asked specifically not to be named said that they saw unmarked police vehicles at Allen's home on October 13th and close to nighttime, a deputy arrived with a sheet of paper, which the deputy showed to Allen before they began searching the house and the yard. A tow truck took away Allen's black SUV and they said that officers exited the home with bundles of cloth or clothing, stacks of books, a shopping bag, and a shoebox. They also set up lights in the backyard next to a shed and dug out two small areas while appearing to use a metal detector. Allen remained outside the home and his wife left twice, returning the second time after the deputies had left. One of the neighbors asked a deputy whether or not he should be worried and the deputy responded, quote, just remain vigilant, especially with your wife and daughters. Yeah. When you said metal detector, definitely thinks murder weapon. Yeah. That's what makes me think it's the murder weapon that they were looking for because they didn't find that at the scene. Yeah. And people say that Alan never stood out and that he lives with his wife and his cat and has a daughter and rarely has visitors. Um, They frequently saw him in his driveway smoking cigarettes and drinking beer after work, but he really just kept to himself. And um, there is a photo of him. And actually, Chase, I'll let you speak to this because you have a different point than I do on this. Oh, you talking? Yeah. So there is a photo of him that he took, what, with his wife? It's a photo yeah, selfie of his wife. It looks like a wife. He took a selfie. Yeah. And in the back of the photo, you can see next to the door leading outside that there's the sketch, the first sketch that was released of the suspect, which I would find odd because why would you have that hanging up? But Chase played devil's advocate. I did. I did because, like I said earlier, Delphi, Indiana is probably not a ginormous town. Everyone knows everyone. My idea of it is that I think in a small town like Delphi, Indiana, and you have a concerned mother who has a daughter of her own, she could easily want to put that photo up in the house right before on the back or front door, whatever that door is, because it just helps you. The second you leave the house, you just have that image in your head where you can be like, okay, this is who I need to just keep an eye out for. In a small town, you can easily do that. Mm -hmm. So to me, it could be both a weird psychopathic type deal for him, or it could have just been his wife was looking out and trying to be a good citizen, just hoping that one day this person would walk by her and she would know, or it would, Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I looked at it. Or, yeah, because say he, say he did do it, yeah the wife might not know she might not know and she's she's just being like hey i'm gonna put this missing person or i'm gonna put this a belief suspect on the door just before we leave just so anytime i leave the house i have a good fresh idea of what he looks like mm-hmm. and then if i ever go out because you can forget someone's face so easily so it's just maybe just that one indicator that you can walk out the door and then you go to the grocery store and you're like why does he look familiar and mm-hmm. then you're like oh my gosh so Maybe I'm making them out to be too good of a people, cause, but I don't know. I don't know. You can look at it both ways. Now I will say he looks just like almost spotty, like almost perfected that he looks like the guy on the bridge. The bridge from the guy? Photo. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only thing that's holding me back to the whole idea that it might be him because it is a very – because we've done it twice. We did. We looked at two different suspects they accused and looking at that photo, and you and I were both like, there's no way that's connected. They don't look anything like that. And then you look at him and you look at that photo and you're like, okay, that's that's a lot more, a lot better. I think the thing too is you have to have a lot of evidence to charge somebody with murder. And especially in this case, like I know that there's people desperate for answers, but like when you're five and a half years into it, 
at that point, I don't think that you would be grasping at any straw you could find just to close the case. And like a lot of people in the Reddit thread were really going after the state trooper who was leading the the case and basically saying like it was irritating that he was sniffling the whole time it was irritating that he was like speaking about himself and the family and it's like five and a half years when two families lost their children like that cop is going to get so invested with that family and he even said i have a bond with that family that's not only going to last this lifetime but the next lifetime so i don't think he would be rushing to just be like yep here it is this is the person here he is on a silver platter and like okay yep we're done case closed like to me it was like you as a police officer in that instance probably had so much evidence to say this is our guy yeah and i mean also you're on reddit so I mean, it's it's like anything else. It's not going to be just a positive, go no. happy place. And everyone that gets on a, no, a social media website feels like they can just speak their entire mind with no consequence. So, yeah, and and I don't. I'm just saying too, because you have to look at it in every single criminal case. Most of these crime cases that you and I cover, or I've listened to for three, four years now, has to do with how the police handle the situation. Yep. So. You can always be like, well, the cop's sad and he's sniffling, but you just, you never know. You just never know. Because I would say 80% of the cases we follow is because of something the police didn't do or did do. Yeah. So, and five years is a long time to get pissed off and point fingers at people. Yep. So, devil's advocate tonight. This is why we brought him on the show. Yep. <laughs> just tear down my girlfriend. <laughs> you're wrong i'm like hi here's all this she's like no, actually actually <laughs> you're completely wrong but that's why we have you we have two sides of the coin two sides of a coin two sides of a coin okay <laughs> all right so now now that we've gone on a absolute tangent this was supposed to be crime crumbs and we're like crime cookie at this point oh god okay you did it you said it all i right. said it so now we're jumping into today's case it's an unsolved after this. I'm not doing an unsolved for... Actually, that's okay. That's a lie. I actually just wrote a case today that's unsolved. But you're not getting an unsolved next week. So just another unsolved. And this is the Lady of the Dunes. Ooh. And it's in Massachusetts. I'm completely shocked. <laughs> Would have never guessed. I don't know why I'm gravitated. I'll literally start to do a case and be like, oh, actually. It's not gravitation. It's just where all the crazy people are. <laughs> That's why you guys have the most damn rules. People can't even throw out beds anymore because you guys are so crazy up there. Uh, it's true. It's true. So a common thing to do on Cape Cod was to go down and stay in dune shacks. And dune shacks were these little houses. They literally look like little sheds. And they were built about a century ago. And they were originally built as cabins for people who were watching ships. And then over the years in like the 70s and the 80s, they they turned into these little beach rentals or like little huts where people could go down and sell their stuff out of. So you would have these little beach shacks, which you could go stay in or you could go sell things out of. And so on July 26, 1974, about a mile east of the Race Point Ranger Station, Leslie was walking with her family, their friends, and their dogs back to their dune shack that they had rented after a day of exploring around the Cape. 
while walking, one of the dogs, who was a beagle, kind of ventured off the path and became really agitated and excited, barking and staring at something in the woods. Leslie followed the dog and suddenly saw the most horrific sight that she will probably ever see in her entire life. What Leslie saw at first, which she thought was a deer, it's never a deer, it's never a mannequin, was in fact far, far away from either of those things. Lying face down on a green beach towel with the left side of her skull completely crushed in was a woman lying naked about 15 feet from the nearest access road. Her head, the left side, was completely crushed in, and she was resting on a folded pair of Wrangler jeans and a blue bandana. Her hands had been sawed off, one one at the wrist and one at the top of the forearm, and then they had almost been, like, stuck in the ground on the side of her with pine needles piled up around them to try to hide the fact that her hands and arms were missing. But they were straight down by her side, so picture, like, Lying down on a beach towel, your head turned to the sides, your arms down by your sides, but they're propped up into the sand. That's fucking disgusting. Covered in pine needles. It almost looked like as if she was doing push-ups. She also had almost all of her teeth ripped out. Ah, I was actually, that is so funny you said that because that was my next question. But was, I was going to let you finish. What, yeah, did my, she have all her teeth? I was going to say, does she have all her teeth? All of her, almost all of her teeth had been ripped out. Mm-hmm. And her head was also so severely severed that she almost looked decapitated, which they believed was due to multiple attempts of strangulation. So you strangle someone so badly, you almost cut their head off. Yep. That's insane. There was a lot of anger behind that. A lot of anger. And whoever did this Personal. did- Oh, personal, and whoever did it did not want her to be identified. No, you could, yeah, you take all their teeth, you cut off her hands. Mm-hmm. You cut off her hands, they removed her hands so that she had no fingerprints, you removed her teeth, and you cut parts of her arms where one was cut at the wrist and one was car- cut at where your elbow meets your forearm. So you would think, like, do you have a tattoo there? Like, why? Do you have a mole? Mm-hmm. Do you have a birthmark? Like, why were you cut? Yeah, he was trying his best to hide. To hide her. whoever she was. Yeah. So police were called to the scene, but park ranger James Hankins was the first on the scene. And once the police got there, they immediately knew that this woman was gruesomely murdered. There were no signs of struggle. So it's almost as if this woman was lying face down on the beach towel suntanning. And then the the attacker came up to her and hit her over the head with something. So it really seems like she didn't know that this was going to happen, which also, weirdly, she was scooted over more towards one side of the towel, almost like someone was lying on the right-hand side ew, of her. Ew, ew, Yeah. Police did not find a murder weapon at the scene, but they believed that what killed her was an entrenching tool, which is usually carried and used by the military, but also carried by folks who are riding on dune buggies to patrol the beach. So basically anybody on the beach. Yep. She did have an elastic in her reddish blondish hair and her toenails were painted sparkly pink. There were no drugs or alcohol found in her system and police believe that the woman's body had been there for between 10 days and three weeks. Ew, you gotta imagine the smell. And the decomp. Ugh, clutch out to the dog though. I know, right? Except that's literally not what you were expecting to see on your family vacation. Yeah, probably get some discounts on your Airbnb. Yeah. Investigators and police on the force in case the time said that this was the most disturbing and unsettling scene that they had ever seen. There were also signs that she had been sexually assaulted with a wooden object post-mortem. Ew. So whoever did this was 
angry. Yeah, now he, yeah, he or she was like, it was a very personal and very angry attack. Mm-hmm. Violent, a very, very violent. Very, very violent. In the weeks and months after the discovery of this woman, there were. But a- I will say, I will say, it also seems very premeditated. Yes. Sorry, I cut you off. No, 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 you're fine. But I just- no, it does because, like, when you say that there was somebody, what it seemed like was somebody else on the towel. Well, it's just very premeditated in the fact that, like, you never see people in bursts of rage that kill people take the time to cut off their arms, put them on a blanket, have them propped up, but then, like, at the same time, rip out all your teeth, almost cut your head off. And it's like, that is a very, like, premeditated, even if it was in the moment type anger. Like, that was a premeditated, like, I'm going to rip her... Like, it's, I'm going to cut her arms off so I can't leave DNA. I'm going to rip out all her teeth. Like, in a fit of rage, when you get really angry about something, that only lasts yeah, certain amount of time. And then you come down, you're like, ooh, I said something I shouldn't have. Or you're like, oh, I messed up. Yeah. Not, oh, I messed up. Now I got to rip out all her teeth. Yep. Like, that is. Typic- typically, when somebody has a fit of rage and then they go to the extent of killing somebody, you'll find them panicking after because mm-hmm. they're like, I-, I don't know what I did. I don't know what to do with yeah, this. And they I don't, don't do know, a really like, good job of getting rid of the body. Yeah. This guy took the time to make it look like he hid it for 10 days. So yeah. obviously it was in a good spot. And like the smell alone didn't attract anything. No. So. And it's a frequently populated area. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Like he the did not want her busy found. busy in the summer. He didn't want her found for a while. He knew what he was doing. So in the weeks and months after the discovery of this woman, there were over 30 police detectives who were either searching through the murder scene, trying to find anything to identify who this person was, or try to figure out what happened. But they literally could not find a single clue. When it came to sharing with the world who this person was in the hopes of finding either a friend or a relative or really anybody who could identify her, police really didn't have much to work with and had to give a pretty vague description. The unidentified woman was between the ages of 20 and 40, roughly 5 foot 6 and 145 pounds. She had long auburn or reddish blonde hair. She had an athletic build and a 34-inch waist. And aside from these physical features, police really didn't have much else to go off of. Officials could not tell the color of the woman's eyes due to the decomp, and they ran her description against thousands of missing persons reports nationwide, but there was no match. But they didn't have DNA? Nope. This was 1974. Ugh. Yep. Police also took every abandoned vehicle and bicycle in the area to see if any of them belonged to her, but they were able to find the owner for each one. They also contacted each driver of every vehicle who had legally driven out of the dunes um, in the past weeks prior to the body being found, but they found nothing. Man, it is crazy what DNA was able to do for these I people. Know. Like, you matter how many resources and time that an effort that went into just like searching down bike owners. Yep. When all you could do nowadays is just grab her DNA and find out in a week or two and be like, "All right, we know the person." Ugh, that's got to be so frustrating. I, I think, don't know how people did it back then. No, and I think it's crazy too, like how new it still is. Very. My that was like the nineties. Yeah, my I mean my both our parents were in their twenties. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 20s so like by our the time. parents lived in a time where there was no DNA testing. I mean, yeah. This. Our parents were alive during this. Nineteen seventy four. My my dad was a baby. On October nineteenth, nineteen seventy four, the unidentified woman was buried at St. Peter Cemetery in Provincetown with a marker that read, quote, unidentified female body found race point dunes, July 26, 1974. 
Isn't that so upsetting? You're you're buried as an unidentified. You're literally your gravestone just reads unidentified female body. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, like I mean, what, what else, else are you, you gonna do? I mean, it's they're trying their best, mm-hmm. and it's like I, I mean they just want to properly bury you. Yeah, and and give you some resting place. Well, yeah. Now nowadays we have the DNA that you can put a final gravestone onto somebody mm-hmm. if you need to, but yeah, it is it is still very sad because you do probably have a mother or a father out there that has no idea that they're looking for you oh yeah or your daughter's dead so jimmy meads was assigned to this case and he was so intended on solving this case that he kept a skull of the victim on his desk for several months okay that's weird (laughs) as a reminder that this girl basically had no one i mean you couldn't use a fake skull you couldn't use like a picture of her you had to use her own skull like dude jesus almighty that is just so weird on so many levels that's so weird (laughs) Like, what? So, every police chief after Jimmy Meads has pled to work to solve this case. So, there's never been a chief or department since the discovery of this body that hasn't worked to find out who she is or what happened to her. And still nothing. Still nothing. Over the next few months and years, police came up with a few suspects that they felt could be capable of the murder, but every lead came up cold and no one ever came forward looking for the missing person or claiming the corpse. No friends, no family, no acquaintances. And the first facial reconstruction of the woman's face was made out of clay in 1979. And then in 1980, her body was exhumed, which means they dug it up, and detectives and police attempted to find new evidence, but there was new e- no new evidence that was discovered, and she was reburied. Her body was exhumed again in 2000, again trying to find any sort of new evidence now that we had DNA, but there was new, no new evidence that was discovered, and this is when it truly became a cold case. I mean, damn, you've taken her out of the ground three times now. I mean... For three different departments at that point. I mean, at that point, how much evidence are you going to get? Mm-hmm. So going back to her teeth, majority of her teeth were removed. However, whoever removed her teeth did not remove her dental work. So she had an estimated $5,000 to $10,000 of dental work done in her mouth. And that was known as a New York style... Which, in 1974, that was an insane amount of money to have done in your mouth. And not many people had that New York-style dental work. The people who typically had that were upper class, had a lot of money, came from wealthy families. And when you get, you know, golds or cavities or things like that, typically you can't really take them out if you don't know how to take them out. So all of that was still in her mouth. She was obviously taken care of, and she was obviously taking care of herself to have dental work done. Police did try and track down the dentist who performed this specific work, but no dentist was ever able to confirm that they were truly the ones that did that work. I mean, yeah, that's hard to do. How many people do you have in your office a year? Right. And and as a dentist, you kind of do the same work all the time. You do the same thing to someone, and every single day you're doing it to the same person. And I mean, if all if all the other teeth are taken out, you can't be like, oh, yeah, I know whose bite that is. Or yeah, like... exactly. It's a hard thing to do. In 2014, one of the case investigators actually raised funds for a new casket for the woman because the original thin metal casket was rusted and deteriorating into the ground. So they still truly look at this woman as an unsolved that every department's working towards. They try to fund and help and keep up with her gravesite and her casket and all that stuff. So... 
it is nice that the police department cares about her. And at the end of the day, they've kind of become her family because nobody knows who she is. There's got to be someone. Well, now we're going to jump into some theories. Oh, Because I'm not going to leave y'all without some theories. She was a sugar mama. Oh. To who? Some rich guy in New York. In New York? Mm Mm-hmm. That was my first one. Really? I mean, if she gets fancy New York teeth done you think she was a sugar mama or a sugar baby oh yeah i guess i'd said <laughs> maybe she was a sugar baby sugar baby i am i'm like did her sugar baby that's such a bad thing to say because like that's not what i want to like put out there for her because she was a well-educated teacher maybe a scientist Nobel peace prize winner yes there you go again two sides of the coin yeah but then again if she was that famous people would know so Hayden Irving Clark is an American murderer and suspected serial killer who is currently serving two 30-year sentences in Eastern Correctional Institution in Westover, Maryland. He's also schizophrenic, and he admitted to committing the murder of the identified woman on the Cape, but police couldn't find any ties between him and Provincetown, and they believe that his confession was strongly due to his mental illness. Yeah. So he was ultimately ruled out as a suspect. Yeah, that's, I don't know about that one. It's just hard because it's like this case was so popularized on. Well, yeah, and this dude's got nothing to lose and he's got schizophrenia. So it's like. It's really hard. He really can just say whatever he wants. He's already in jail forever. Right. They also believe that this woman could be a possible escapee. And then police believe that this woman could be Rory Kessinger, who was a woman, a woman who had escaped from the Plymouth County Correctional Facility in 1973 in Plymouth, Massachusetts. However, DNA later proved that this woman was not, in fact, Rory, and they still have no idea what happened to Rory because she just kind of up and <laughs> hey, vanished. So she up and out. vanished after she escaped from yeah, jail. She said, peace. She's out of there. In 1987, police received a phone call from Canada that a woman had told Canadian authorities that she had witnessed her father strangle a woman when vacationing in Provincetown. However, by the time the Canadian authorities had contacted the Provincetown PD, the woman had moved and left no trace and no forwarding address to call her back. To this day, she has not been found and no one knows who she is. All right. Well, that's definitely weird. That's scary. Yeah, but then again, is it just like a prank call? Right. I mean, it's like people are just just nasty these like nowadays. So it's like you just never know what people's true intents are Mm -hmm. or if they're lying or not. It's just strange that it came from Canada. It is very strange. And then she goes and disappears. It's Mm -hmm. a very strange thing. But like you said, it was a very popularized case. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I mean, all she has to do is she knows where this is, where it is. All she has to say is my, like my dad did it in this space this low area well that's also scary too because did your dad find out that you called and told on him that's true too and now he's killed you oh look at you throwing a little devil's advocate back at me mm -hmm. and they said that her head was almost detached from her body due to severe strangulation and this woman called and said i mean yeah definitely definitely could be a good lead but then it's like not anymore Mm -hmm. so she disappeared Well, shortly after this, police received another phone call where a woman from Maryland claimed that the composite sketch resembled her sister who had relocated to Boston. However, attempts to get in contact with this caller were extremely difficult, and it was not, in fact, her sister, as DNA later proved this. Mm. I just want to find the composite sketch for you. Are you kidding me? 
five hours ago. This is, I'm literally, I'm literally not, I did not look up anything else today. She didn't. Five hours ago, FBI identifies Lady of the Dunes nearly 50 out, fifty years after woman's body was mutilated. Are we going to talk about this on the podcast? Yeah, but That's I'm keeping all this in here because I literally looked up Lady of the Dunes to show you the composite so who is sketch. It? I'm sweating. Who is it? Oh Everybody, God. now we don't have to go into theories. Now we can find out. Oh my God, well, my next theory was going to be Whitey Bulger. Wait, this is crazy. Okay, I'm just going to read this out loud because yeah, I've already given it. you the whole case. Do it. The Lady of the Dunes has been identified as Ruth Marie Terry from Tennessee. She was 37 at the time of her death. Oh my God, my heart's racing. No way we found out like five hours ago. Five hours ago. I'm literally... Wait, I'm going to screenshot Ooh, this. Friends, look at us. I'm literally going to screenshot so you can see. Like, No, I believe you. That's crazy. That's so. Oh, that's her, guys. She this does is have reddish. So she does have reddish hair. Yeah, five hours ago, they literally painted. They had a press conference. They found her, and she's pretty. She is pretty, and she does have the reddish amber hair. She does. Well, Aww. I don't even need this. My iPad no anymore because that was all theories. That is crazy. There she is. Wow. Identified after 48 years, three months, and five days. Homicide by blunt force trauma. But now they can, they can, uh, they can finally give her the tombstone she needs. I know. No freaking way. That is crazy. Yeah, that's the body. Oh my gosh. So they, so now you guys know. So now you guys know. Holy crap. It's, un, it's solved. <laughs> Well, it's not. We still would like to figure out who did it. Yeah. But that is so cool. No way. One hour ago, two hours ago. This is crazy. Wow. That is so crazy. That is so crazy. That is so crazy. And yeah, like she's a pretty woman. So, like, what was she doing? And she looks like someone who could, like, have the money for, like, a New York style dental work. Yeah. She looks like she comes from a good family. Yep. Look at this. Wow, that's crazy too because we talked about how the police departments were still working through and they've become like her family is just trying to find her justice and they did. And they did five hours ago. That is so crazy. Terry's identity was discovered using investigative genealogy, um, said Joseph Bonavolanta, who is a special agent with the Boston FBI Bureau. And they used a unique method that can generate new leads for unsolved homicides as well as help identify unknown victims. Well, that is so cool. That is so cool. No way that happens in the middle of an episode. That's crazy. That cool. I, I've never even heard that happen on anyone else's true crime. So this is a first. <laughs> no, that is pr- that is pretty awesome. Though. Five hours ago, you're telling me at, right? at two o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon. The case broke. The like, case broke open and now they know exactly who this woman was. That is crazy. Well, no more theories, everybody. I guess we can have a theory no. on like just like who or who wanted to kill her. I guess we can do some more digging up on backstory about her. Yep. And we could come back with some more information for y'all. Yeah, we're going to have to because... Because I want to know like who she was, what was she doing down there, who yeah. does she know? Because now that you identify, someone's going to come out and be like, I remember her. I know her. We were friends well, in like school or... I mean, if they're still... I mean, they're still alive. They have to be. I think... They have already kind of gotten in contact with people who know her because they said that Terry was born in Tennessee in 1936. She was a daughter, a sister, an aunt, a wife, and a mother. She had connections. A wife. But there's no missing police reports. Nope. 
She had connections to California, Massachusetts, and Michigan. Yeah, she. I mean, if there's no missing reports, so you're telling me your mom, your sister, your aunt, your husband, no mm-hmm. one reported you missing? So that, there's another well, theory. Like, if no one was reporting you missing, they must have known what you were doing. Yeah, and one of the theories I do want to um, call out, because it is interesting. So she went missing, or she was discovered the 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 summer that Jaws was being filmed. And when Jaws was filmed, tons of people were going down to the Cape because they needed extras. There's a scene in the movie where there this there's this extra. She has the same build. She has the no same way. hair. And people have paused it and said, that looks like the Lady of the Dunes. Could she have been there to be an extra in the movie? And somehow just And nobody on up. the Cape knew her because everybody on the Cape knows each other. The Cape is a very close-knit community. So when somebody on the Cape doesn't know you, you're probably not from yeah, the Cape. Yeah, that would make sense from why she's from Tennessee. Yep. That is crazy. Yeah. No way. Yeah, now I just want to know, like, what was she doing down there? Who knows her? Like, why did no one report her missing? Right. Why did it take 50 years? Because that doesn't seem like someone who just would go missing and no one like would pay attention to. I know. She d- um, She's not. Yeah, that's crazy. That's so crazy. It's it's just not. Oh, so that was the sketch. I was kinda, trying to. Kinda I was literally trying to find this to show Chase and I found that the case was solved. It doesn't look like her though. No, it doesn't at all. Mm-mm. So people were looking for this woman who didn't look that anything look like. anything like her. No. Wow. That is so crazy. That is so crazy. It's kind of sad because now we see a picture with it and it's like... And it's like... That person like had a family. So they said, we haven't solved anything yet. We still have to find the killer. Well, yeah, there's nothing solved, but now now we can... You know know who you're going... Yeah, that's a good start. Now you know who it is. So now they're calling upon public assistance across the nation, encouraging anybody who has any information about Terry or her murder to reach out. Oh, we got a name for her now. Terry... This is crazy. That is crazy. That is so cool, though. And it's so sad because it is sad. Oh, it's so sad. Because it's like, damn, 50 years. And no one wanted to report you missing? No, because it, you look at these photos and, and we'll post them for you. And it doesn't. she is well taken care of. She has she's money. She's very pretty. Like, she comes from a... She's not just some Joe Schmo. Like, here she's in a picture with dogs in this really nice yard. That's what I'm saying. Like, something had to... Something had to have gone wrong for the family to not post a missing person. Yeah. Like, even when they're like, yeah, she's around this height, this weight, has reddish brown, like, auburn or amber type hair. You're telling me, like, that didn't just throw it? Because you can tell immediately looking at that photo, her hair color. Yep. So it's like, why did no one care that she was not around? Mm -mm. Something had to be... She must have been so... People must have been so convinced on what she was doing that they were like, there's no way she's missing. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I guess I could read you my theory about Whitey. Who's Whitey, the guy guy? Whitey Bulger. Who's that? He is... I know Al Capone. Whitey Bulger, like... Is that from Walter White? No, that's Breaking Bad. I know. Is that where he gets the character from? Um, I don't think so. No. Whitey Bulger was a Irish mobster in South Boston... Um, and he pretty much ruled the streets, committed a ton of murders. And, and you th- they think he did it? So they think that he was basically like this girl was one of his girls or... <gasps> a at, sugar baby. Yeah, like, basic, like not a sugar baby, but, but like, yeah. you know what a I mean? A posse yeah. girl. Yeah. Um, 
There is basically a witness who came forward after Whitey was arrested in California. So the thing is, people didn't go against Whitey. Whitey, Whitey had a friend in the FBI and Whitey would kill you if you ever said anything bad. Yeah, you don't talk shit about the boss. Yeah, you don't talk shit about Whitey. Well, Whitey was arrested when he was 82 years old, I think, recently, um, a few years ago. And he was arrested in California and a witness came forward and said that Whitey was seen with a woman who resembles the composite sketch of the woman on the cape, but does not know her name. And police were never able to confirm this. Well, now looking at the composite sketch, it's like, right. well, that's not the same woman. Totally different woman. So, and Whitey's dead, so we'll never know what happened. Well, and like, I'm going to assume if you're a mobster boss, you could you probably get seen with a lot of different women. Yes. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, but, I mean, he could have ties with it, but it's like most like most of the time when you're dealing with the mob, it's normally male on male crime, gangster crime. Yeah, you're not just killing some like sugar mom or sugar baby because like she like disrespected like right, especially in that brutal type of manner. Like especially the mob, they didn't give a fuck if they were caught. No. Like they they, they killed could pay off they, yeah, enough pay people off. so they that... didn't need to go through the extremes of cutting her arms off cutting her hands yeah. off taking all their teeth like a mobster wouldn't do that no he's just gonna shoot you and throw you out the car and be like Get, you're H- gone. yeah 100 yeah, they don't they know what they're doing i think what's interesting though but like like when you said wife yeah mm-hmm. she was a wife she was somebody's wife right? so how does your wife go missing the mother of your children go missing and you say nothing about right her? like you have to be I mean, you must have left that family in, like, turmoil and ditched everybody for them to just be like, I literally do not care if that's her or not. I'm not even going to yeah. try and request for a missing persons. Like, you would have to be either so done with your whole family or you'd have to piss them off so badly for my mom. Like, for someone just to be like, I'm literally, even though I think it's her, I'm not even going to try. Or it could come out that... Maybe she was somebody that would run off a lot. And so maybe she ran off and never came back. And the husband was like, I, I don't know. She's just gone again. This is what she does. <sighs> like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But whoever it was right. did not want this woman to be found. No, and it's like, it's well, maybe it's her husband. I know. Because then it makes a lot of sense of why the mom or the aunt or no one ever raised questions. Because he could be living all the way in massachusetts while the rest of her family was in tennessee and he could just be like oh yeah she's fine she's doing fine because they don't have phones right so then they can just be like she's fine she's doing well whatever da, 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 da. i mean there's very very manipulative people out there that can convince you for years that your daughter well, or somebody's it's fine 70s, and it's the 70s 80s 90s early 2000s yeah. like you don't have social media so we, we weren't in and this world of still a very new thing and even still like you weren't in this world of keeping up with people all the time yeah like i just know my mama though if like you call my mom for like five straight months and she's like, I want to talk to my son. You're like, oh, well, he's busy. She's going to be like, fuck no. Give him the phone. <laughs> like my mom would be calling all the red flags. Like, I don't know. It, that's just the freaky part about me. It's like you're telling me for 50 years, mm. 50 years, not a single friend, not a husband, right. not a sister, not an aunt, not a mother, not a single person even just took the time to be like, well, maybe she is missing. Let me you're just like- file this. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't work. But even if I file it, it might have like, and you're telling me no one thought about doing that for her. Or too, like you, there was nobody that, like, say you didn't know she was missing. There was nobody that was like, well, 
she was at last in Massachusetts, and Massachusetts is coming out with this woman saying nobody can identify her. We're not sure who she is. Mm-hmm. This is what she looks like. Maybe I'll give her a ring just to make just, sure. Just for the shits and giggles. Right? And no one wanted to take that. Just one person for 50 years. That's just where this, that's where I think the weirdest turn in all this is. Yeah. Is how and why. Like, how did that happen and why did no one know? Mm-hmm. Not a single person. I know. Yeah. I mean, I know Tennessee's not close to Mass, but goddamn, I mean, it ain't that far either. You guys will see the photos that we'll post. And where did you get those photos? So the police have already, the FBI's already had to have been in contact with this woman's family. family. Something, at least somebody. Right. To say, like. And that could be the thing. I mean, it really could be. She had a husband, she had a family, and they just disowned her. And the first time she's gotten people had photos of her it could have been just like a distant friend or a friend from a long time ago and they're just like i never thought about it because like she just up and left and i never once paid attention to it i just thought she moved on with her life so it could have been a thing too where like she had a very abusive husband and i feel like we're going off in so many different directions but you know what okay literally the case broke while we were i know while we're listening (laughs) so now we're we're doing what we do off the off the mic now you guys see what happens she could have been with a very abusive husband who said we're moving to massachusetts and in the 70s you didn't interfere with people's marriages like you didn't well, pull women back men to were say still the primary dominant yeah so family. you weren't gonna be like no terry don't go to massachusetts with him he's dangerous and psychotic you mm-hmm. would be like but okay, then again she's if he's dangerous and psychotic and then all of a sudden you see a, ma- a murder in massachusetts you're telling me no one in her family was like huh that could be her like i know that's the weird part it's like okay he could be abusive and he could have taken her and murdered her but then, it, like, how did no one else in the entire family go? The person miss, who's dead has reddish reddish hair, is in Massachusetts, has a certain age range, and has a certain waist, certain colored hair. Like, and you're telling me you were just like, but you're just telling me that, like, no one, not a single person just took the one little eye raise to that. I know. That's where, that's where I can't find why it's not making sense. Because yeah. obviously someone had your family photos from, right or you had photos from when you were younger 50 years ago but no one has the audacity or awareness to call well and they said too we're in contact with her family and friends okay but where were their her family and friends <sighs> 50, years 50 years ago yeah that's where i'm kind of just freaked out like that's just a weird like weird thing yeah i mean i can get i give her six months before i reach out let mm-hmm. her do her thing but like 50 years and you like there's pulse checks that you do on your friends that like you do without even noticing, right? Like sending a Christmas card, mm-hmm. getting a Christmas card back. Like that's a pulse check of like, okay, things are still going well. Or like you're a, you're yeah. good. Like a phone call, a letter. Now it's like a Facebook update or an Instagram. But like even still, there's other things that your friends do that you that signal to you like, hey, I'm okay. I'm doing I mean, I'm even doing if good. you went to Boston, Massachusetts tomorrow... And I got on the news tomorrow and I saw a girl in Boston, a young woman in Boston, Massachusetts with brown hair, brown eyes, about five foot two, is seen dead in a park. The first thing I'm going to do is call or text you and be Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck's going on? Like, I don't, I don't know. It's just, and social media was a lot different back then or it takes a lot longer for stuff. And who knows, Tennessee is far from mass, so they might not get the same news. I mean, they might not get the same newspaper. All depends on what the newspaper is going to post in that town and what they want deem is no like noteworthy news for that those people so mm-hmm. i mean it could honestly just be a thing where technology 
wasn't there yet and they must have lived in the most quiet suburban small town ever so Mm -hmm. because i don't know how no one freaking knew or no one had raised an eyebrow that all just doesn't make sense to me no something's off something's off all right well now we're gonna have to keep you guys updated with this because that is wow (laughs) that is crazy we will find out for y'all and we will keep you updated as always we will but now that took a turn for our episode congratulations This just turned into a complete unsolved, into like a partial unsolved. Partial, but like solved. On this who went. It is. This went from being like crime crumbs to like crime feast. Yeah, you did. You guys got a whole bag of stuff to dwindle over. So feast on that. Yeah, um, no, that's so cool though. I'm mean, sad, but cool. No, so so it makes me more sad because it's like okay well you obviously had a family and friends and a social circle so where were they during all this got for 50 years you sat on a tombstone with no name right but we have to be happy because in some sense like we're one step closer to closing that like 50 years later and they identified her we keep saying it too this i mean it sounds very unlikely but it could not and it could be the thing where the family honestly had no idea and now it's like the family's been in touch with police and now they're more than willing to try and Right, which will open up to new leads yeah. and questions. And but we'll find out. We will. We'll find out. Oh my God. Okay, well. <laughs> cool, cool, cool beans. Cool, cool. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode because. Yeah, we did. We did. This changed drastically. Yeah, we got giddy. Um, Yeah, and I literally took a screenshot that it says five hours ago so you can see <laughs> Like, we had kidding. no we honestly had no idea no well, i had no idea about any of this but i sat down and i was like all right here we go like lady of the dunes and then i was like all right let me show chase actually the composite sketch boom yeah no that's awesome though so in one day we've gotten delphi mm-hmm. and we've gotten this one like, yeah man maybe the cases we're doing just keep uh maybe we're solving maybe we're the solving case. them maybe we're the good juice like every time we talk about a case all of a sudden People get found. We're putting a little pep in the step of the yeah, cops. Maybe, or maybe we're just, we have a gift. We maybe do. Maybe it's every time we talk about a case, it gets solved. It gets solved. Boom. It's hard being us. I know. I know. Stupid Reddit people think they know it all. I know. <laughs> no, you don't. Haven't met us. Haven't met us. But I do hope that we find who her killer is and then we can close her case and there's justice for her, so. Well, yeah, nothing, nothing's less satisfying than arresting, like, an old hag who's, like, 88 <laughs> years old. It's like, bro, I could push you over and you'd be dead. And, like, this isn't fun. Like, I wish you were back in your prime so you'd rot in jail not fucking already be rotting. Like, oh, my God, jeez. I'm just saying. 80 <laughs> Oh my god! Okay. I'm just saying. I wish he was younger. He's mm. gonna be an old fart, or he or she. Okay. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Woo woo! We did. If you did, make sure to give it a like and subscribe because it really supports the podcast. And oh wait, give it a like. I don't know why I saw that. Give it everything you got. <laughs> And if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can at crime with a K. If you want to send us a case suggestion, send us an email to crime with a K at gmail. Gmail.com. Dot com. And if you want to sign us for a record deal because our singing is so good. Or solve your next cold case, let us know. Let us know. I have no authenticity certification, nothing to prove to me that I'm a good cold case detective. But I've just solved two in one week, so. <laughs> Just letting y'all know. Um, also, I am so sorry for my singing in the Halloween episode because I listened to that back this morning and I was horrified. <laughs> I think so we all sorry. were. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, 
We need a little tagline to end it with. Bada bing, bada boom. We'll see you next week. <laughs> okay. Peace. Bye. Bye.